It's the best introduction I've had in a long time. <laughs> best one came a few months ago. The MC didn't show up and had to introduce myself. <laughs> Gosh, finally get to the Master's College and see what you're all about and see what you're doing. It feels kind of good. wish my kids were with me. Appreciate that music. Boy, they were that one like that for a minute. I thought they were going to break out into rap. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I don't dress this way to rebel. I just dress this way because I don't have a tie or a sports jacket that I carry with me. <laughs> and if I did, I probably wouldn't have worn it anyway. But. <laughs> That's why I don't bring it, so I can be honest and say I don't have it with me. This this morning, I'm going to do something a little different than I'm sure you're used to in chapel, and it's probably also I just want to be myself. Is This morning, I'm not going to give a talk. What I'm going to do is share my heart as a father. I just want to shoot straight with you. If I share my heart as a father, that means I've got to shoot straight. I really wish today you could be my daughter, my son, I could be your dad, and we could just sit down over a Coke and just one-on-one -on -one talk about some of these issues I want to lay out. Of course, it's impossible to do that the way I do it with my children. But as I share, just realize I'm shooting straight because it's a father's heart that is talking. One reason I want to do that is I've had the privilege. I've had the thrill of <laughs> being married to the same woman for 20 years. <laughs> I'm the luckiest guy in the face of the earth. I really am to be married to the woman who admires me most, respects me most, loves me most, shoots straights with me most, my lover, my permanent roommate, the father of, mother of my children. <laughs> and thank God with all that, my wife, or I'd be in trouble at Master's College speaking in chapel but I think God created my wife and he took one look here and says whoops I overdid it and he threw away the mold and gave me the prototype and I've had the privilege of being her husband for 20 years then I want to share as a father because I am a dad I have four kids I have a 16 year old daughter going on 21 I have a 14 year old son and I'll let me tell you ladies he is so cute oh golly he is absolutely gorgeous. Great athlete, too. Out of a campus, he's the shortest one at the camp. Out of 600 at a month-long basketball camp, he got selected the number one player. And uh, But he is so handsome. And uh, I just go in his room and look at him, adore him. And uh, he, he's, he's one of my closest, dearest, most intimate male friends. And then I got a little 10-year-old blonde, blue-eyed Katie, who just finished a week in the road with me with Petra. And uh, she just went home, and yet she's going to be at the concerts this weekend. I'm convinced one thing. More, the more my kids are around Petra, the easier it is for me to be a godly dad. It really is. It's unbelievable. I've worked with men and women all over the world, missionaries, pastors, evangelists, everything. And I've never in 25 years worked with any five guys more godly than those five guys in the Petra band. And it's guys like that. Of all the people I know, there's not a lot of people out there I want to be heroes to my kids. There's really not. But let me tell you, those five guys are the kind of guys that I like to be heroes to my children. And just that's why I do everything I can to get my kids around them. Thank God all of my kids absolutely adore Petra.
And then I got a little black hair, black eyed. Say, wait a minute, how did you get a blonde, blue eyed, and a black hair, black eyed? Well, once in a while you got to fool Mother Nature. We had the thrill of adopting her. I think it ought to be a national law that every family has to adopt at least one child. There is something special about having an adopted child in your home. And you know, I don't have a lot of heroes in life. That little Heather Colleen's mom was 15 years old. She made a mistake, a believer. And yet so many at 15, 16, 17 years old choose the easy way out, abortion. And yet this 15-year-old girl was so courageous she chose life and chose us to be the parents. She's a hero to me. She really is a tremendous hero. So that's some of the reason why I want to share my heart as a dad. Also, the reason I'm going to say some of the things I say today is that the majority of you here, probably over half of you here, are going to become involved in a very good church. You're going to rise to the top in leadership. You're going to be youth sponsors, youth workers, youth directors, become senior pastors, missionaries, many of you here. I hope so. With a sharp student body like this, we need you. And yet a lot of you don't realize that the decisions that you're making right now, for some of you, the decisions you've already made, literally, literally, is going to affect your future. The decisions you make right now will either haunt you or will bless you. And for some of you, you're going to be haunted for the rest of your life. The more I get involved in the why wait, the more I still it's uphill struggle. It really is. I hate to say this, but I don't think we can keep the ship from going down. We can just rescue those in the lifeboat. Unless God intervenes in the most unbelievable revival. And only he can pull it off. And I do not see revival on the scene at all. But only God could now rescue the ship. And anyway, I mean, it's a totally full-blown faith uh, adventure. And yet, I like a good fight. I'm ready to attack hell with a squirt gun. And yet, the more I get involved in why wait, the more I see what's happening among young people. Young people your age. I spent over $100,000 a year in research, a million bucks in 10 years, just to understand and comprehend what's going on in young people's lives. What are they thinking, feeling? What are the pressure points? What's molding them? Where's their hearts? What's I always like to catch the cultural changes. That's a problem with most speakers and youth workers. They're, they're still running on what research they did 10, 15 years ago. And they're out of touch. And I've seen the truth of the scriptures looking at youth culture today. I think you could write an evidence that demands a verdict on a moral defense of Christianity. If nothing else, then based on 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18, where it says, To avoid sexual immorality, because it's the one sin an immoral man or woman commits against their body. Let me show you what I mean. Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. Do you realize, men and women, today 35,000 Americans will get a sexually transmitted disease? That's 13 million this year. And that's a very conservative figure. Say, well, we got safe sex, safe sex. In 1980, 4 million Americans got a sexually transmitted disease. They kicked off safe sex in 1981. In nine years, it's gone from 4 to 13 million. 
Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. A few years ago, there were only five sexually transmitted diseases. Three years ago, there were 38. Six months ago, there were 51. As of today, there are 52 sexually transmitted diseases. The last one, which is spreading rapidly, causes skin cancer. <clears throat> and it's coming right out of this part of California. I don't mean Master's College. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> geographical area. So many young people think they'll beat the odds. They'll beat the odds. There's some of you right here. You played around sexually. No, there's many of you right here that have played around sexually. You think you'll beat the odds. Whether it be for oral sex, so how can you mention that? Very simple. A lot of you right here are involved in oral sex. He's explained to her what that means. Now you're going to explain it to him? <laughs> he explained it to me. <laughs> but you think you'll beat the odds. You think you'll beat the odds? Do you know, ladies, <clears throat> one of the greatest epidemics in the history of our country was a polio epidemic of the 50s. In the last year, in the last 12 months, more little babies had been born with a birth defect because of a sexually transmitted disease than all the children combined affected by polio during the entire tenure epidemic of the 50s in one year. In the last five years, little babies born with syphilis has gone up 186%. Maybe you'll beat the odds, but your babies won't. Think you'll beat the odds? Boy, you try this one on. School-age kids. This is junior high, high school. Right now, more school-age kids have just one of the 52 sexually transmitted diseases, gonorrhea. More school-age kids have gonorrhea right now than combined cases of rubella, measles, mumps, and chicken pox. And if you've ever seen anyone with gonorrhea, you'd never want to have sex again. I've seen about 50 to 60 men. Because often now it's not responding to penicillin and antibiotics. You know, big thing that's happening to young people today, Christian young people too, because I've had to counsel a number, is gonorrhea of the throat because of oral sex. See, most people don't realize the majority of these diseases are passed orally. They don't realize that. I think you'll beat the odds. Avoid sexual immorality, for it's the one sin you commit against your body. You want to play around sexually, you try this on. Genital warts is now one of, become one of the top sexually transmitted diseases. You know what they've told you women for years? Some of you have had your gynecologist tell it to you because you've got genital warts. You know what they said for 10 years to you? Don't worry about it. There's no danger to your health. There's absolutely no fear to your health. Don't worry about it. It's an irritation. It's uncomfortable if you get them, have them chemically removed and... And they'll probably come back and have them chemically removed and come back chemically removed. And then I guess you become chemically dependent in a little different way than what you normally think. You know, one thing they don't point out, just because you have them chemically removed, in no way does it remove it from your blood system. It has nothing to do with that. But they've told you for 10 years, I can document in this medical profession, don't worry about genital warts, there's no danger to your health. But the Bible says avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. 
Do you know what they found now, ladies? The number one cause of cervical cancer in women, which your gynecologist will tell you is absolutely epidemic, the number one cause of, geni- of cervical cancer in women is genital warts. In 96.4% of all cases of cervical cancer, they now find the presence of genital warts. You know the irony? Almost all women got it when they were teenagers. It takes an average of 10 years before it's manifested in a person's, a woman's life. Just an average, 10 years. And almost all women got it when they were teenagers. In fact, they found two factors. Anybody who has sex is 17 years old or earlier has a 200% greater chance of getting genital warts. In fact, ladies, if you're a virgin, you have sex with a guy who's only had sex with two girls. You have a 400% greater chance of getting genital warts. Think you'll beat the odds? Look at genital herpes. Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. Genital herpes. It's now estimated that up to 40 million Americans have had outbreaks of genital herpes. 40 million! And there's no cure. You see, herpes is a virus. AIDS is a virus. Many of these sexually transmitted diseases are viruses. And do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, you think you beat the odds? In all of history, they have never found a cure for a virus. They've never even come close to finding a cure for any virus in all of history. AIDS is a virus. Herpes is a virus. Many of these sexually transmitted diseases are viruses. You think you beat the odds with herpes? The latest studies out that I've been able to document now estimate that one out of every three Americans 18 years and older is now carrying the genital herpes virus in their bloodstream. Ladies, you think you beat the odds? One out of every two women over 18 years of age in the United States is now carrying the genital herpes virus. Do you know what that would be here? Several hundred of you women infected. Now, I trust you don't meet the national average, but let me tell you, you probably don't fall a whole lot short of it. Doesn't that mean right here, avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body? Think you'll beat the odds? A 19-year-old woman came to me. She said, when I was 17 years old, I had sex one night with one guy who I'd known for years in our church. Only one night with one guy, all in the name of love. Six weeks later, her doctor told her that he'd given her genital herpes. All in the name of love. Of course, he hadn't confessed that to her. Because almost 80% of the men said when it comes to a sexually transmitted disease and wanting to have sex with a girl or a woman, they'd lie to them. And that includes Christians. They'd lie. This is what's so ironic. Planned Parenthood, Dr. Ruthie says, get to know your partner, ask them. <laughs> and all the research shows the overwhelming majority of men and women both would lie. An aroused hormone has no conscience. And you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm serious, ladies. Even some of the Christian guys right here at Masters would lie through their teeth. If I was able to stay on campus today, a score of men here would come to me. So give me this stuff, you look somebody in the eye, and you ask them. Sad thing is even those Christians will lie through their teeth.
She said, I got married a year ago, and she pointed a man leaning against the side of the building. Not that guy over there. <laughs> Thank God, huh? Said, I got married a year ago, and I gave my husband herpes. And then, girls, she turned around with a baby buggy. It was the most beautiful little three-week-old baby, just born with herpes. That little baby, totally innocent. Totally, completely, 100% innocent. But because of one night with one guy, all in the name of love, that little baby would have the curse, the scars, and the agony of herpes for the rest of her life. Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. You think you'll beat the odds? Look at AIDS. Oh, let me tell you. You haven't heard much about AIDS, have you? Everybody's kind of relaxed. You know why? When you study culture, to catch trends in culture, you always need to realize one thing. No culture can sustain a problem long without a solution. No culture can. There is no solution for AIDS. We're not even close. You think AIDS is going away? The World Health Organization just released their stats for the next three years. They said a minimum in the next three years, AIDS will double twice. Do you know right now in the continent of Africa, one out of every four people in the entire continent of Africa is infected with AIDS? One out of every 40? Do you know within seven to eight years, there will be 10 million AIDS orphans in Africa? Right now in New York City, there are 10,000 AIDS orphans. See, that's the biggest thing coming out of AIDS. Within three, four, five, six years, this country is going to be overrun with orphans. And the two biggest areas now that AIDS is hitting, heterosexual relationships of women and children, teenagers. Thank you, Beat the Odds. Some of you right here have swallowed the whole thing of the world safe sex. Have you realized in the last year, a year and a half, you haven't heard that term used? If you've listened carefully, Dr. Ruth, Planned Parenthood, and other, others kicked it off in 1981. They don't use it now. You know why? They have discovered there's no such thing as safe sex. They discovered even the truth of the scripture wearing a condom. Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. Say, come on, be responsible, wear protection, wear a condom. we got condomania going on. Pretty soon we're all going to have to live in condominiums. Then we're going to have condemnation. You know what I mentioned that? Some of you bought into that. You know who I'm talking to. There's some of you sitting right there. You're involved sexually with the person you're sitting next to. Don't take it personally. I just, I'm right here. I just... I know. You just met her this morning, okay. There's some of you right now are very uncomfortable. And you ought to be uncomfortable. But you have to realize, i got four children. I run scared for my kids. Sometimes I wish I'd never done the research to know what's happening, what's going on. I run scared for my kids. Who in the world are they going to marry? But Christian kids have practiced safe sex. Now they call it safer sex. In a couple of years they call it a little bit safer sex. 
Then after that, a little tiny bit safe for sex. You know, we get sucked into the world's attitudes. I mean, you hear it enough, you're conditioned by it. Let me talk to you ladies. Ladies, do you know what the statistical failure rate is of using a condom for birth control for an 18-year-old girl? Do you know what it is? 18.6% failure rate? That's almost one out of five. Now, here's the catch. Most women can only get pregnant 36 days a year. Out of 365 days a year, they can only get pregnant 36 days a year. Now, get this. Tests show that we're in a condom 100% of the time. And you can only get pregnant 36 days a year. It still has an 18.6% failure rate. You can get AIDS and these sexually transmitted diseases 365 days a year, 31 days a month, including February. When it comes to you wearing a condom for pregnancy, only one of the two partners can get pregnant. When it comes to sexually transmitted diseases, both can. It doubles the factor. 365 days a year. Any of you think you'll play around beat the odds? Few do. Wear a condom? I mean, tell you to have safe sex, a condom would have to look like a frogman's wetsuit. Literally, I'm serious. I had a call from the White House asking if a woman could come out and meet with me from the National Health Association. She flew out. Sat there. Now, I was making a joke of it of knowing that condoms are so ineffective. And I said, you know, pretty soon condoms are going to have to look like women's pantyhoses. And I laughed it off. She said, sir, we're testing them right now. Now they've come out, of course, with five different colors that glow in the dark and Planned Parenthood guarantees no residue left. They've now come out with mint-flavored for oral sex. They have now just released chocolate-covered condoms through Planned Parenthood and everything, for oral sex. The big number one substitute. Somebody said to me, how would you remember 1989, 1990? I can look back year after year after year, 25 years in the ministry, and recall different highlights of each year. Do you know what 89 and 90 would be? The unbelievable revelation of sexual immorality in Christian day schools, Christian colleges, and Christian Bible institutes. In the last 12 months, I've been absolutely overrun. And the big thing, oral sex. Mutual masturbation. I realize I'm a father sharing here. Avoid sexual immorality because of the one sin you commit against your body. You think you'll beat the odds? You try this on. You are the first generation to face this. And it is scary. This is the most startling statement I ever make publicly. And if anything shows the truthfulness of the Word of God, apologetically, it's this. Dr. Coop called me in my home and he said, Josh, you've got to keep saying what you're saying to kids, but be more forceful. So what do you mean? He said, research shows now that these 52 sexually transmitted diseases... They pass through, many of them stay hidden within the human body for years. It goes from generation to generation to generation with absolutely zero indication, zero symptoms or anything, but you pass them on just like that. For generation to generation to generation, he says, you've got to warn young people. 
that this is true since 1980 and any of you played around sexually, this is true of you. That whenever you have sex with anyone, you've got to have one thing running through your mind. You're not only having sex with that person, but everyone they've had sex with. And they're partners, 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 partners for the last 15 years. Dr. Teresa Crenshaw is now saying for your entire life. I just got all the National Health brochures and everything in sexually transmitted disease and everything for young people. Almost every single brochure now brings that out. That no longer do you have sex with one person. Medically proven you're having sex with everyone they have sex. Do you know what that means? To take my daughter Kelly who is 16, who I love so very much. And last year when she's 15, and we've talked, ever since she was born, we've talked about this. And last year we had quite a talk, and I said, you know, honey, I'm sure now as your father, not a youth evangelist, anything else. If you remain a virgin, I said, if you don't, it geometrically multiplies it. If you remain a virgin, you don't marry a virgin. Well, this is medical fact. I don't know how on your wedding night with your new husband, the man you love, the future father of your children, you can go to bed, have sex, and enjoy it the way God intended as brought out in Proverbs 5 and the entire Song of Solomon. And have the joy that God intended. Unless, honey, you have a detailed medical history of your husband. All the tests run in him every six months for three years. Not only in your husband, honey, but every woman he slept with. And the men they slept with. And the women they slept with and the men they slept with, and the men they possibly slept with, and the men they slept with for the last 15 years. You say, oh, Josh, this is ridiculous. You're just trying to scare us. Yes, I am. I am. I'll admit that. I am. Because I care about you. God didn't bring you to Master's College for nothing. He probably brought you here because His hand is upon you. And the fastest way to get at a man or a woman's theology is get to their morality. And some of you are going to bomb out theologically because of your morality. You think I'm trying to scare you? You try this on. And this tour of Petra. In 50 days, 29 women came to me, ladies. Every one of them, evangelical fundamental Christians. This meant that probably 200 women wanted to come to me, wives. But I, I isolate myself to a certain extent, and it's hard to get to me. Plus, you only have so much time to talk to so many people. Twenty-nine wives came to me, nine of them married to evangelical fundamental pastors, ladies. You listen carefully here when you ever think about the man you're going to marry. Their doctors, in the previous week before they came to me, their gynecologist told them that their husbands... Now, nine of them were evangelical fundamental pastors, had given them anywhere from three to six different sexually transmitted diseases. Twenty-one of those twenty-nine had incurable ladies. Twenty-four had cancer-producing diseases, and their gynecologists had told them that for the rest of their lives, and some of them were only 28, 29 years old, the rest of their lives, every six months, they'd have to go and be tested for cancer. Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you can make against your body and your wife's and your children, etc., etc., etc. You think I'm trying to scare you? When I was in seminary, there was a youth evangelist I really looked up to. This man only went to the fundamental churches. 
he would pack them out all over the world. The number one youth evangelist. Eleven years ago, as I traveled, little teeny boppers came to me that city I started in Portland, then Seattle, saying I was in his hotel room and had sex with him. I had oral sex with him. I masturbated him, etc. The M word. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. When there's that much smoke, you know, there's a furnace going. I was never trained in seminary to do some of the things I've had to do in the last few years. This man divorced his wife, beautiful woman, left two teenage daughters of 17, 16-year-old teenagers, and took off with two 16-year-old teeny boppers. That was 11 years ago. His wife came to me several months back, traveled over eight hours. She looked like a train had run over. In the last 12 months, I've seen more broken women than the previous 24 years put together. I met so many Christian women that are absolutely crushed. I said, what's wrong? She had not remarried. She had not had sex since then. That Wednesday, her gynecologist told her that her husband had given her three different sexually transmitted diseases that had been hidden in her body for 11 years. Two incurable, one cancer producing. And this woman realized she had in her body the decadence, the sin, the immorality that her husband had gotten from some girl, they got it from some guy who got it from some girl who probably got it from some guy, and it'll be in her body the rest of her life. She wanted to kill the guy. I said, don't kill him, castrate him with a dull, jagged knife. I have never met so many women who wanted to literally slaughter so many men. And I'm talking about evangelical fundamental Christians as in the last 12 months. Young lady who's like a daughter to me. 33 years old, married to 36-year-old Christian leader. This guy, every church, no matter what church, when they wanted something to happen, they called this guy. Very outgoing, tremendous love for Christ, prayer life, everything, leading evangelism, everything. He told her he was a virgin. They got married 18 months ago. She started to have some female problems. She went to gynecologist and they ran some tests. I drove up to my house and she was standing out front looking like a tank had run over her. I got out of the car and embraced her and said, What's wrong? Ladies, you listen to this. She said, My gynecologist called me this morning just before I was to leave for work and told me that my husband had given me three different sexually transmitted diseases, two incurable, one cancer producing. And he told me it's almost guaranteed within five to six years I'll have cervical cancer. All in the name of love, her husband had been living an absolute lie. And it probably started when he was at a Christian college. You think I'm trying to scare you? Yes. Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. Do you know the number one thing I'm facing in universities now? Boy, the crowds in universities are getting bigger and bigger. I never dreamed they could ever get bigger. At Purdue University, in one night, 1,087 university students wrote in a card that they prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. In one night! That was only those that prayed! Just came from Clemson University, 8,000 out. 
Boy, that does something to you, man. You get up in the hole, half the big basketball arena jammed. A thousand twenty-some that night for the first time prayed to trust Christ as Savior and Lord. But you know the number one counseling I'm having to do now? Boy, this is terrifying. I was never prepared to do it. James Madison University. Five women in 30 minutes, all students, said almost the identical thing to me. This one cute little blonde, 19 years old, came up to me. She said, Dr. McDowell, I came to the university a year ago, met this guy, said he loved me, I thought I loved him. He started talking about marriage. We started to sleep together. All in the name of love. So we didn't see each other over the summer. Came back in September, we started to sleep together again. This was on a Friday night. Five women in 30 minutes said something like this to me. Wednesday he told me he is bisexual and his homosexual lover just came down with AIDS. The number one thing I'm now hearing in the universities. At Clemson, good old Clemson University, they have now documented 36 kids on campus with AIDS. I just came from the University of Missoula, or Montana. Thirty-some kids have tested positive now for AIDS on campus. And you think that in the next three years it's going to double twice. You wonder how many are infected. Avoid sexual immorality because it's the one sin you commit against your body. Brothers and sisters, you've got your whole life ahead of you. I think of the joy that you all had of this couple that just got engaged. You know, whenever I hear a couple getting engaged today, it actually strikes more fear in my heart than joy. Because you wonder what those two are bringing into a marriage bed. I don't know you, buddy. But if you played around sexually, or you do, you better remember one thing. When you meet that woman that you love, and also now guarantee it to you, she'll be like no woman you ever met. And of all the women you've ever met, she's the one you want to be your wife, the mother of your children. And if you've played around sexually, you're going to be one scared cookie after today's chapel. Because you won't know what you're bringing into that marriage bed. Because any woman you slept with, if she slept with you, she slept with someone else. Oh, they'll lie to their teeth to you. And whoever they slept with, slept with somebody else. And whoever they slept with, slept with somebody else. And you'll bring every single one of them right into your marriage bed. And there's not a cotton-picking thing you can do about it. And I'll say this. If you've been thinking with your pelvis in the past, you better start thinking with your mind. And let your mind guard your heart under the master's control. Do you see why I'm saying some of these things? i got four kids. Who are they going to marry? Who are they going to marry? doesn't matter how you bring your kids up. Who are they going to marry? When God says, do not commit sexual immorality, He doesn't do it because He's a cosmic killjoy. He doesn't do it because He wants to take the fun out of your life. He does it for one reason. Within every negative commandment in the Scriptures, thou shalt not, there's always two positive principles to protect you and provide for you. You say, that's not biblical. Then you haven't read the Bible. In Deuteronomy 10, to motivate his people, which we are his people, to obey his commandments, God said, my commandments are for your good. Because they protect you and they provide for you. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who you are. You can be a theology major, singing in the chorale. If you get outside the loving protection of God's commandments, there are consequences. There are consequences. I don't care who you are. Just because you go to a Christian college and everything else has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with it. The reason I'm saying these things to you, maybe I'll get criticism for saying some of these things in chapel. I don't know. Maybe they'll never invite me back. I don't know. Maybe I'll never come back. I got that option. I always like to throw that out. Let me tell you, I'm going to meet many of you here five, six, seven, eight, nine years from now. I'll guarantee I'm going to. And all I know is, when I meet you and you heard me speak on why wait, I want it off my conscience. I want to have a clear conscience before God that I shot straight with you. And there's going to be many of you that on your wedding night, if you could get my unlisted number, you'd call me up and say, Josh, thank you. You know what I used to say to couples? You know what I used to say to Christian couples? They get engaged. Then the pressure comes. Then they become a little bit involved and everything. And I'll say, man, if any time you want to wait, it's when you're engaged. Because if you don't, you'll regret it. I'll guarantee you. The first week of your marriage, you will wish to God you'd waited. I don't care from taking off her bra, mutually masturbating each other or what. You'll wish to God you waited. And I used to have couples come to me and say, Josh, you know, we're really struggling. You know, should we wait? I mean, what? And I used to say to them, look, why don't you sit down and be willing to count the cost and wait? And about a year and a half, two years ago, I said that to someone and I started laughing. I said, wait a minute, that's ridiculous. If you decide to wait, there's no cost to count. There's absolutely no cost to count if you decide to wait. You know what I say to any of you here? If you decide not to wait, then you better count the cost. When you decide not to wait, that's when you better count the cost. Not if you decide to wait, there's no cost to pay. Let me tell you, buddy. I never got married until I was 31. And I have to admit, there's some holiday in rooms that still have my claw marks. I mean, times I went to bed at night just climbing the wall, wanting to die. I so desired the love of a woman. But you know, I've been married 20 years, and to this day it's so neat to have sex with my wife and knowing I'm not bringing anything into that relationship. You want to talk about a peace of mind. You want to talk about freedom. That's freedom. You want to talk about bondage, that's playing around. And then for 20 years of marriage, not ever knowing what you're bringing into that marriage. And some of you here, you played around. What it means is this. You're really going to have to let God be God in your life. You're going to have some tests in your love. You really are. And I believe God is capable. I think God is capable of meeting your past. Let me tell you, I thank God I didn't have to trust Him in that area. Now, now when I was single, I had to trust Him. Because, boy, it was hard. Oh, it was hard. But let me tell you, it never cost me a penny, emotionally, spiritually, anything. Well, i got to run and speak to some pastors. 
You probably didn't expect us in chapel today. But I couldn't come and meet with all of you and not just share my heart. You're special. You're special. You're worth waiting for. I don't care what your past is. Start where you are. And you know that means there's some of you here. You're sitting next to someone. You need to walk out of this chapel and break up with them. Let me talk to you ladies. There's some of you sitting right here. You need to walk out here and break up with the guy that you've been going with. If he's had his hands in you and you've had his hands in his, your breasts, his genitals, whatever, some of you need to walk out of here and break up. That doesn't mean, ladies, that you go to the guy and you talk about it and pray about it. No! The moment he laid his hands on you, he canceled that. He canceled that. And I'll tell you this, girls. Any guy here at the college that has laid his hands on you physically, he does not love you. And you better remember this one thing. Any guy that will play around with you now if you marry him, I'll guarantee you he'll play around with other women after he's married. I can almost I don't care if it's a student body president here. I don't care if it's John MacArthur's kid. He'll lay his hands on you. He'll lay his hands on someone else. Don't let him give you that line this afternoon, well, I love you. You give him a quarter and tell him to call me. I've shared my heart, and I've got to run. But you're special. And I don't care what your background is, God can meet your needs. Thank you.